This is Friends Who Talk About Money from John Hancock, a show where we take on the money taboo and celebrate the power of financial conversations in all their honest, awkward, and inspirational glory. I'm your host, Claire Wasserman, writer, career coach, and financial advocate. When you enter a relationship, you're not just committing to a person. You're also committing to their debt, their income, and their financial goals and habits. Yet, according to data released by John Hancock, only 9% of couples have consistent conversations about their finances. On today's episode, we're inviting a couple to talk about their financial realities, for better or for worse, and how they're overcoming the challenges that come with differing money mindsets. I'll also chat with Connor Spiro, financial consultant at John Hancock, about how to have civil and productive money talks with your partner. Time to talk money. Hey, Martha and Dave, thanks for being here. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Okay. We want to learn a little bit about you. So where are you from? How old are you? What are your occupations? Where do you live? I'm Dave. I'm uh, 33 years old, uh, born in Stewart, Florida, currently live in Jupiter and, uh, was raised in South Florida, went away for uh, prep school and college to play hockey, and then uh, came back afterwards and dabbled a little bit in finance. And now I'm a, a boat captain, uh, fish professionally, and um, love it in South Florida. You love it in South Florida. Okay. That's good to know. <laughs> um, I'm Martha, and uh, I was born in New Jersey, uh, currently also obviously living in Jupiter, Florida. Um, and, uh, I've sort of been around, uh, lived around in different places. Um, lived in Atlanta, lived in the Dominican Republic. So I actually just turned 31 on the fourth of this month, which is very strange for me to say. I went to school for, psychology and marriage and family therapy, but ended up doing court reporting instead. Um, But I decided to do court reporting because I did work in the field, but I decided to do court reporting because it allowed me some flexibility with my schedule. And I also am in the arts. So um, dance and acting have been a big part of my life. I love it. We've got the boat captain, the court reporter. I don't know anybody who has those professions. All right. So how long have you guys been in a relationship? We've been together for a little over two years now. We actually met on a trip uh, in the Bahamas while Dave was fishing for a tournament. I was just there for fun. Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, and ever since then, we've been inseparable. So I know from earlier conversations, you mentioned that you were each renting your own apartment, obviously, because you were living in different places. Um, But with COVID-19, you know, did, did you guys move in together? I'm, I'm curious if, if you want to tell us a little bit more about your living situation now. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to stay in Miami because everything I do is basically in Miami. But when COVID hit, I'm able to do most of my work from home, whether that's with reporting or taping, um, anything like that I can do from home. And Dave doesn't really have that luxury. He still has to physically be somewhere for work. So we sort of made the decision at that point that it would be fair, I guess, for me to move in with him. And at first it was temporary, but it's stuck. I actually think I would be really sad if I just went back to Miami. And once you get used to being with someone every single day, it's 
it's sort of hard. And we had already been having those conversations about moving forward in our relationship, moving in together. We started to have those conversations. So I think this actually was a nice giant step towards that. Yeah. A good little trial run for us to see if we would have killed each other or not. Right. Yeah. I'm very particular about stuff and Dave passed the test on my end. So yeah, no, it was a good test for us to see if that's something we really did want. How does money factor into all of this? Um, and, And the conversations that you're having, I mean, clearly moving in together, somebody's paying rent here. Uh, so looking back also at the beginning of your relationship, let's chart the progression of these money conversations. So how much do you talk about money now versus maybe in the first few months of the relationship? I think when we first got started um, seeing each other, um, it was just, I don't know, it was just kind of in the back seat. you know, um, we knew what we did for work. We knew, you know, we kind of, you know, we were comfortable. We we're able to pay our bills and have our own apartments and, you know, afford to, you know, have some fun weekends. And that was really the extent of it. In the beginning, it wasn't even a thought. Um, and also for me, you know, I considered this really a long distance relationship because Jupiter and Miami are about an hour and a half away. And so I just never really thought that we would be having this conversation this soon money mindsets. So is there one of you that's more of a saver or more of a spender? Like how similar or dissimilar are you when it comes to even just approaching money? Yeah. We're literally smiling at each other right now because yeah. it's I'm the first, such an she's obvious a answer. <laughs> I'm more of the cheapskate, you know, um, trying to save everything I can. If I don't need something, I feel like there's no reason to buy it. I really have the mindset of Every extra dollar I make, I need, I want to put it in a vehicle that produces money, whether it be stocks or saving up to buy a house. And when I say to her, all right, let's buy a house, let's, let's look at duplexes so we can live on one side and have someone run out the other side for, so they can pay the mortgage. And she, she looks at me like, ew, like, uh -uh, we're not doing that. So for the record, I don't say ew, but (laughs) yes, that's how I feel. So you got to seek that common ground and be realistic in the choices we make. I don't feel the need to purchase anything I really don't need in my life. Extra clothes, extra anything. I eat food to live and Martha lives to eat food. You know, we go out (laughs) and have expensive meals and all that. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough finding that middle ground to not be hermit crabs, but also not spend every dollar that comes in and live paycheck to paycheck. So, Well, when we started our relationship too, we had very different sort of, I guess, lifestyles, um, just in the sense that I'm more lavish with what I have or what I want. And Dave's way more conservative. And I also I have an artistic background. So He's more rigid, I guess. I, I don't know how else to explain it. Have you ever had any big disagreements around money? Nothing's really led to a big fight or anything. I'm more of like a slow, steady, you know, chip away at saving till we can get, you know, like, like my plan is like, all right, well, I've been running, I've been throwing money away. Like I want to, my next step is I want to eventually have like investment type real estate properties. So maybe buy a, a house the first time. And then after we get equity from that, we can buy another one down the road and either rent it or turn it into an Airbnb property. So it's just ideas of 
of of saving towards that you have to have a long-term view and, and and have a very conservative kind of by the book regiment of saving the good thing about our relationship is that dave while he's a little bit more strict money wise he's also very calm so we haven't really had huge disagreements in regards to these conversations it's more so we talk them out i maybe get frustrated and he brings us back um but it's it's more so i think right now the biggest i guess you can call them disagreements um or the where where we're not completely seeing eye to eye is our next step which is you know our housing move what kind of housing where exactly um we're on the same page in terms of what we want out of it we we both want to invest in real estate and you know our our home our first home is not going to be a forever home necessarily but um more so of an investment so it's just really at this time about where and what and how another tough part about it is if i do decide to move to miami now i'm worried about all right i need to find a job that's paying more than i'm making now and possibly you know doing side jobs for extra income and it's just how do i find the time to to flip a house and it's just it's yeah but but trying to so, figure it out yeah but you also you know you like overthink everything and I'm yeah. also an overthinker, but I rather just get in there. Let's do it. And we'll figure it out. You know, we won't, we're not going to fall. And if we do fall, we're going to figure it out. That's sort of how I've always been. And Dave just likes to think, 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 think. I took the step to, I knew nothing was going to come out of this, not immediately at least, but I actually have been looking at houses, you know, on my own, looking at the inventory, trying to get a feel for what the market is. And, you know, I, show him like a list of different places because I feel like unless it's concrete, you know, unless we're actually taking concrete steps, these are all just ideas and we're never actually going to take action. Um, because between the both of us, you know, we're very much in our heads. So I think yeah, unless one of us takes that initiative, we're going to be having this conversation for another 10 years yeah. and get nowhere. And also things will change, right? It, it won't just be the house or the real estate, but you know, if you decide to have children, you know, right. what his college savings looks like. So have mm. you guys talked about longer term financial goals? Not in detail really whatsoever. I think we're, we're kind of stuck right now because we're sort of in this gray area. Um, because we sort of, we don't know where, how we're going to end up, um, in terms of work, how, you know, who's going to be making what, who can contribute what based on, you know, where we end up. Um, so I think that's why this whole real estate and housing thing has been, you know, the driving force in our relationship right now, because it will dictate a lot of what, um, will happen next. Um, but you know, I am, I actually just told him this the other day, you know, I, now that I'm 31, I want to start having these conversations about, you know, marriage and kids. And he's like having a heart attack, even as I say this right now. Yeah. I think we're, we're trying to figure out the next step. Once we do say, okay, this is where we're going to live. Um, you know, once I think once we purchase the house, then we can make plans of, okay, you know, 
family-wise? You know, what's next? I think I'm more traditional than than you are too, because you, um, I think our conversations have also been geared towards Dave switching jobs or not necessarily switching jobs, but finding something new possibly in Miami or closer to Miami. And I've been giving him ideas and trying to work through it. Um, because I, I don't know, I guess I, I expect him to, I don't, not that I expect him to be the breadwinner, but because of, you know, my field, I just know that he will be the breadwinner until, you know, I mean, my, my field is very, it's, it's, it's unpredictable. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I eventually want to get to a place where, you know, as I progress forward in career wise and financially, um, you know, I want to have the ability to be able to pay for everything between the two of us and whatever she makes, you know, it could be towards improvements or investments or, um, like an added bonus. Yeah. So, um, I want to be comfortable enough where I know, all right, I can take care of everything between us and we'll be fine. So whatever Martha can, can make, it makes it easier. Debt, combining accounts. Um, do, do you both have debt? I don't. I, I have maybe $6,000 left in the car payments that I, I could pay off, but I just pay it month to month until it's done. Yeah. And I do. Um, you know, I have student loans and I have a few credit cards. Um, but uh, I, th- I think this also comes with sort of how we grew up because they've had it a lot easier than I did growing up. I've been working, paying everything for myself since I was 16. And so throughout the years, unfortunately, I have acquired some debt. And so my goal is to obviously pay it off so that no one else, I would never want actually anyone else to have to pay for my debt. You know, even if I'm married, that would be great. It sounds amazing, but that's sort of where my independence comes from. You know, I don't, I don't, I feel like that would be a burden on Dave. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it's tough. I mean, I, I would like to combine our, our finances, but not combine everything, I guess. So he just, <laughs> he's not burdened by everything that I come with. The debt is just another challenge. I don't have to start tomorrow with it, but eventually if, if marriage, you know, does come soon, um, Ooh, that needs to be. Like <laughs> <laughs> Poor Dave, we've just like totally pressured you, me and Martha. <laughs> I know, he's, he's sweating right now. <laughs> I know. Ah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, Martha, you, you did mention that, you know, you've been basically paying for yourself since age 16. Let's talk about your upbringing, both of you. Um, how did money get factored into your lives, right? Whether it was something your parents talked about or just kind of your awareness around money. My parents both immigrated to the U.S. My mom's from Colombia and my dad's from Cuba. They had to literally build from the ground up. They raised my sister and I with a mindset. Well, you know what? Now that I think about it, it's so funny because my dad was extremely, extremely frugal. And my mom, I think, went along with it until she um, was making a good bit of money on her own when she was um, doing real estate. And she 
maybe that's where I get it from. Cause she was just, you know, I have the money, why not spend it? And I think, um, maybe after having lived so frugally for so long, when she did come into this wealth for a little while until the housing market crashed and everything went downhill, you know, I, I got a taste of that and I just was so drawn to it. So I, I think I've, I can say I've seen both sides of it a little bit. I mean, I've never seen, you know, a huge amount of wealth, but, you know, we were well off for a little bit. Um, but I think for the most part, you know, it was um, just trying to make ends meet. And that's probably why I am the way I am right now. <laughs> my dad wasn't born with money. Uh, my mom was, um, but my dad actually is a super hard worker and he's, he's very well off now and, and very comfortable. Um, I and guess but your dad too. I mean, he didn't grow up with money, but then he did kind of grow up with money. Yeah. Um, his, my dad's mother actually married a rich man and that kind of, he taught my dad how to become a captain and, and then he, my dad was very successful. He always worked hard, but you know, thinking about it, he lived with my mom and mom bought the house. So he had never had to pay That's a mortgage. He saved about. money that he way. He grew up with opportunity. Yeah. So um, I never really had to struggle with money and worry that bills weren't going to be paid. My mom would always sit down and, and she she watched CNBC nonstop because she was always in stocks and, and stocks were the reason why she was able to, um, you know, she inherited a lot of money when she was younger. And then I guess her mom died when she was 16. So she, she got a lot of money when she was very young, but they're always taught, you know, keep your money, invest in the stock market and it will always outpace inflation and reinvest your dividends and you'll always be able to live off of that. So. And by the way, you know, we're Latin. So stocks wasn't even in any of our conversations, our vocabulary at all. (laughs) So that's, you know, that's just right there. It's even hearing, I mean, I've heard this story of course now many times and, you know, I know a lot about his family, but it's every time we talk about it, it's so crazy because it's so different, you know, culturally, obviously that has something to do with it, but yeah, a lot of what surrounded his upbringing um, and how they, you know, got their wealth or kept their wealth is so different than the conversations that I grew up having, you know, with my parents or that even my parents had. So, right. But, yeah. Right. Like it's not just mindset. It's also vocabulary. Um, <laughs> right. Dave, curious, how has your childhood, how do you think it's impacted the way that you approach money? I guess, I guess it's more of not really my childhood, but my, the way that my parents really instilled um, you know, hard, you know, hard work, um, and, and don't, you know, things take time as far as like your career, you got to stick with it. it takes years and years and years to, to develop skills and, and be able to have worth that people are going to pay you. And, um, I, I was, I guess my parents are, are independent, um, and they're, they are frugal. So they're, you know, they have money, but they don't spend it lavishly. I think in the same way in that regard, I've taken after them as far as live within your means. You know, if you get a nice paycheck, I've seen, cause I've seen my friends in the, in the fishing industry, you know, there's some tournaments that you could win, you know, your boat could win a million dollars. So you're taking as a captain, you'll take 10% of that. 
if you put that money to work in the stock market in 10 years, you could have six, $700,000 and, and, you know, and build off of that. So I have more of a long-term frugal way of living. And that's through my parents uh, and my upbringing is what, what I've been seeing, you know, I guess what I've, I've been shown. Yeah. And, and to your point, you know, at the end of the day, it's really not how much you make, it's how much you spend. Um, and that, you know, there, I think is a difference between being frugal and living within your means. Um, you know, it's getting a discount, but it's still making the purchase that that's just kind of an example there. Um, so yeah, so you guys are pretty different. Um, you're coming together, you know, getting on the same page, working through it. What have you each learned about one another? Uh, so I'll start with you, Martha. Sure. Um, let's see. I mean, <laughs> living together now, I've, I've learned a lot um, about Dave. He's really willing to compromise. Um, and that's pretty hard to find or pretty, you know, difficult to get when, when you're having conversations like these, I mean, money's, money's tough. I, you know, in my opinion, that's, that dictates everything on, you know, this planet, you know, it's all money. So I think, uh, I'm, I'm very grateful that he's, um, able to sit with me and understand and accept, you know, what I do come with, where I came from, um, you know, what I see for, for myself and for us together in the future. And, and, um, yeah, I'm just really grateful for you, baby. Oh, thanks. thanks. <laughs> she likes nice things, but at the same time, she's not unreasonable. She might splurge a little bit on herself from time to time, but she's never going to just, you know, put herself in a debt because she wants something. Mm -hmm. Um, and she's, she's very, very, very smart woman. And she's, uh, very understanding and, and having an open mind towards um, new things as far as, you know, living different ways or, or investing or, or anything. Yeah. Know. I think I that's think actually why we complement each other. Um, well, is because I, I can come with the idea and sort of the push, the bigger picture and Dave can, you know, he does have a, a finance background. So he can sit there and actually break it down and try to make that idea work. Or if that idea can't work, you know, give me an alternative that um, goes along with, uh, you know, both of our visions. And it sounds like you're both open-minded and that you understand the importance of communication because that's the thing. Life is going to change, right? You've already yeah. seen that yeah. and you just have to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I mean, we're often raised to not feel comfortable. I mean, that's exactly why we're doing this podcast. So that's the key. It's not necessarily that you have to be on the same page, but that you are amenable to listening to one another and making incremental changes, which, you know, it always starts with mindset. Um, and it sounds like you guys are going in a really great direction. So now I'm going to do some fun stuff with you since I just forced you to you know, face all of the really <laughs> tough conversations that every couple should be having. Uh, lightning round. I, I would love you all to shout out the first thing that comes to your mind when I ask you these questions. Cash or credit? Cash. Credit. What? I, I buy everything with a credit card and then pay it off on the month to to build credit. So when I go to build a house, I have good credit and, and you can get a, a, you know, a lower rate on your, on your mortgage and, and they'll 
you know, give you more money for a house. So yeah, that's. Yeah. And I'm like, I just want to pay everything with cash so that I don't, I'm not tied to God forbid another credit card or something, you know, (laughs) save for a vacation or save for retirement. Save for vacation. Retirement. (laughs) This is very enlightening, Claire. Thank you. Small wedding or big wedding or zoom wedding. No way. Oh gosh. <laughs> no Zoom wedding, that's yeah. for sure. Um, did you just say no wedding? Yeah. yeah, go to the courthouse and tell people you're having a wedding. Absolutely and not. Use that money to put down on a house. How about that? Um, I think <laughs> uh, is there such a thing as a medium sized wedding? No, it doesn't exist. <laughs> uh... I am so excited that we have Connor Spiro here to talk with us. Connor is a certified financial planner and financial consultant at John Hancock. Hey, Connor, thanks for being here. Thank you, Claire. And uh, thank you so much for for having me on today. So why are discussions around money such a contentious topic for couples? You know, it's it's a good question and it's a common question I get. And, and I think the biggest problem or issue is, you know, managing your money on your own is hard enough as it is. Uh, but when you add somebody else into that equation, it just opens up an entire new can of worms, if you will. Um, so, so there's a, uh, an added layer of complexity there. Um, and a lot of times these conflicts or contentious topic or discussions, if you will, um, are caused by emotional issues, not really financial ones. Uh, you know, whether one person in a relationship is a breadwinner and inherently takes on um, expenses or bills, um, or if another, you know, partner or spouse takes on, um, a large amount of debt and brings that into the relationship, um, that can cause some potential conflicts. Mm -hmm. How, How early in a relationship do you recommend that we start talking about finances? I think it obviously depends on on ages of of the individuals, but I think the sooner the better. Or uh, I, I also think you know it depends upon where you are in your relationship. You know, at, at first, obviously, um, there is a a factor of of feeling each other out. Um, but I think once things get a little bit more serious, um, that's where the conversation of money should should pop its head up. And um, because I think it's important, you know, it's it's a big deal. Um, different ideology from for certain people, and um, and I think you know when it gets a little more serious, um, it should be initially brought up. Well, how do you how do you initially bring it up? No, I mean that's that's a great question. Um, and, and I actually just got engaged last month. Ooh, um, congratulations! Thank you so much. I'm I'm very happy, and um, we're really excited. But uh, we had that conversation ourselves about money and figuring that out um, probably about a year or two into our into our relationship. And um, you know, I casually brought it up to her, and I said, "Hey, Sydney, you know, um, I you know I feel really strongly about our relationship, and if we're going to take things to the next level." Um, you know, I think that we should get together and, and discuss our finances because, you know, we would talk every once in a while about incomes or expenses, but, um, as a team, you know, that's the ultimate goal. Um, you know, I just casually brought it up and we sat down and, and got more familiar with one another. And I think that's the first step. If two people aren't on the same page or, or weren't raised in the same way, you know, how do you, how do you get on the same page? I think you need to be respectful of their point of view and, and understand um, their thought or mindset about money and finances, 
Um, and, and I think it's also important and imperative to be honest with one another because the idea of, of not being upfront um, of a discussion and then down the road, maybe there's some type of expense or large debt um, that wasn't discussed prior is a, is a recipe for a disaster, for lack of a better term. I think the first step for people would be to kind of mutually agree on speaking at a set of time. And whether that's, I don't know, a Monday night at seven o'clock each week or every other night for 30 minutes, just to be on the same page um, and, and come up with a plan. I think a couple of things here that you said are key. Communication, always. Personal, professional, you know, we need to talk about this stuff. But I loved that you gave a set time and day, right? That you're not having these conversations when you're feeling emotional um, and that you also come prepared too. Uh, but, you know, thinking about some people being savers and spenders, oftentimes I think the person who has the loudest voice is the one who gets heard. How can you kind of, I don't want to say the word convince, but how can you show the other person, you know, that that you have some merit to what you're saying? I think it goes back to the emphasis of as a couple, um, whether you're married, significant significant other, partners, in, engaged in some cases, um, you're a team. Um, you need to just put an emphasis, uh, and, and you, I mean the couple as themselves, um, put an emphasis on being equal parts of the big picture. Uh, because, you know, you're, you're a team going forward, right? And you both have the ultimate goal of being, whether it's financially successful, um, having some type of, of large home purchase or, or retirement plan. Uh, but the goal is to do it together and as a team. This is the big question that a lot of us have, or I certainly do, to combine finances or not to combine finances. Do you, do you suggest one or the other for couples? Yeah. Um, so... I am under the belief and philosophy that it's it's always under you know a personal decision. Not everybody's the same, but but in my opinion, I think combining finances makes a lot of sense. And there's a couple of reasons why. Um, when you combine finances, uh, you have the ability to streamline any efforts, you know, to work together and as a team towards goals. And also, combining the finances um, will also provide transparency as well. You know, you're, nobody's hiding anything from from each other, um, and there's no uh, you know hidden items that uh, that haven't been discussed or or known uh, by either person of the relationship. So glad that you could come on. I learned a ton. Thanks, Connor, for being here. I really, really appreciate it, Claire. Thank you so much for for having me on. A big thanks to Martha and Dave for inviting us to their first of many money dates and to Connor for advice on how to turn your relationship status from, quote, it's complicated to in a financial relationship. It's natural for couples to have competing money personalities, but that doesn't mean you can't get on the same page financially. Take time to reflect on your money habits, have discussions about your goals and your fears, and put yourself in the other person's shoes. Bottom line, communication is key. Make sure to subscribe to Friends Who Talk About Money to hear episodes dropping every two weeks. Next up, a couple sandwiched between their toddler and their aging parents. Are they feeling the financial heat? Tune in to find out. Talk soon. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the speakers at the time of recording and are subject to change as market and other conditions warrant. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be, nor shall it be interpreted or construed as, a recommendation or providing advice, impartial or otherwise, regarding any specific product or security. 